Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for being full-time in our life. We ask that you please allow us to receive your word today. Let it let us retain it in your in our hearts. Allow us to minister grace to other people, God. So the more information that you deposit into our life through your word, God, the more transformation that you allow through the planting of seeds and watering things in our life and in our hearts and in our minds, God. Allow us to not only just apply that information to our own life, but also encourage others to understand your word, understand your plan, will, and purpose, God. So we are all members of one body. And so, God, just let us understand how important that means to be supportive of each other. And so, God, we just thank you right now for giving us your word today. I pray that you will use me to the fullest, Lord. Um, allow us all to have access, fill us up with your Holy Spirit, Lord. And allow us to be quickened by the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, thank you so much for filling me up. I pray that you lead me in this discussion. That you don't let me forget anything that I need to talk about. Um, specifically making sure that I speak things that is edifying to the hearer. And also um, able to provide encouragement and inspiration to those that are lost or filled with despair or hopelessness, Lord. We ask that you just turn that around and reverse the feelings that people have of, of hopelessness, despair, and um, depression or anxiety. God, reverse it, God. Allow them to feel hope alive. Allow them to feel like an overcomer. God, replace all of the feelings and seeds and, and things that has been watered in the minds and hearts of people. Replace everything with your word, God, with those things that are that are of of good rapport, of, of goodness, Lord, of your will, of your plan and your purpose. Allow us to see what your plan is, God. Show us what your purpose is for our lives. Show us what your what what exactly what it is that you would like for us to do, Lord God. We thank you so much for being in our life. We thank you for leading us. Thank you so much for giving us the sermon, Lord God, so that we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And, and God, we just thank you for providing us with hope. Thank you for giving us inspiration. We ask that you just continue to, you know, lead us in the path of righteousness and allow us to just be doers of your word and not just hearers of your word, God. We ask also that you keep us 30,000 steps ahead of every situation and circumstance, no matter what that may be, Lord God. We ask that you just continue to allow us to be led by your Holy Spirit and be able to sustain and during this time in life, Lord God. So we ask that you just do please remove every obstacle, every barrier, every worry, every stress, concern, problem that is in our path. God, we ask that you remove it out of our path. We lay it all at your throne of grace, God, whatever it is, God. We ask that you just handle everything for us, God, for we do not fight against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers of the rulers of the darkness of this world and therefore in the name of the lord jesus christ we bind and cast down spiritual wickedness in high places and we render them harmless and ineffective against us in jesus name father god we redeem your assignment upon our life god upon our steps uh, upon our thinking uh, we pray that you would our influence is attached to you god you influence us god we ask that you continue to inspire us god we want our hearts to be like you our minds to be like you god 
We attach ourselves to you. We attach ourselves to the Holy Spirit, God. We thank you right now that you just allow us to receive your word in such a way where it transforms us, God. That we're no longer conformed to this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our mind through your word, God. We thank you right now that your plan, will, and purpose will be fulfilled in our life no matter what, God. We thank you that you give us divine interventions and miracles in our life so that we can fulfill everything it is that you need us to do. God, we thank you for pivoting us and maneuvering us exactly where we need to be positioned, God, so that we're able to accomplish the things that we need to, God. We ask that you convict our hearts for any and everything that displeases you, Lord God, that is that is that is not satisfying to you, God, that is disobedient to you. Convict our hearts, God, and, and, and uproot those things out of our hearts and allow us to repent and turn away completely from it, Lord. Whatever it takes, we plead the blood of Jesus over your word in our heart, God. Keep your word embedded in us, God. Allow your word to resonate in our hearts. Let us reciprocate the things that we need to, God, so we can demonstrate it in our actions and our reactions and our love for people and our forgiveness for others, Lord God. We just thank you for opening up doors and no man can close in jesus name and we thank you for opportunity god we thank you that doors are being opened and no man can close god we thank you right now that we go, we go from glory to glory from breakthrough to breakthrough we thank you god that your will is done. Thank you for purifying us, God. We ask that you sanctify us, that you give us spiritual refinement, Lord God. We just thank you right now for maintaining your integrity, Lord. Thank you for being trustworthy, God. Thank you for giving us the ability to be able to commune and talk to you, God. Thank you for giving us access, direct connection to you, Lord. Thank you for tuning your ears to hear us, God. Thank you for being on time when we need you, Lord God. Thank you for giving us hope in, in life, Lord God. Thank you for giving us abundance, Lord God. Thank you for making us important God when we were we weren't God thank you for dying on the cross for us God thank you for giving us access with with our words so whatever we man on earth is bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth is loose in heaven so God we thank you therefore in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we just thank you that your plan will and purpose is fulfilled no matter what in the name of Jesus Christ it is still in your blood amen all right, everybody, thank you so much for uh, joining me today on Laws, Life, and Health. Um, let's talk about it. Oh, hold on a second. This thing was falling down. A keyboard thing that I never use. Um, thank you all so much for joining me today on Laws, Life, and Health. Let's talk about it. I see that you have your hand raised, Tim. Um, if you have any questions, if you can go ahead and put them right here in the Q&A, and then I'll respond to you there, okay? All right, so I have been talking about entitlement, um, basically women's health, and I have missed so much. Oh, I'm still talking about so much women's health. Um, let's see. Why Why do you feel like it's pointless? Uh, it's not pointless, okay? It, it's a point to it, and it definitely helps because a lot of people can um, hear the word of God, and it resonates with them, and it also can give them inspiration and the ability to refocus their focus on things that is more um, beneficial to their life rather than not. Looking at life from an optimistic
active allows them, you know, regardless of whatever you're expecting, life in you, your breathing. And so that comes from some place, right? So you have to think about those things. But I don't want to get into um my phone number. So I don't I don't give out my phone number, but you can definitely contact me through email. How do you explain stuff like the the Holocaust? So someone wants to ask me, oh, so I don't want to get into a long discussion about the things that have previously, you know, happened. If you would like and you're interested in becoming a panelist, please send me an email at lawslifehealth at suddenchangescorporation.org. But I will answer your question, okay, as a, a courtesy. So I, so this person, everyone that's listening, because I, I see it's about 900 people on the audio app. Um, so someone asked, an anonymous user said, if God is real, how do you explain stuff like the Holocaust? um yeah so let me answer it like i'm answering it live for you my email is laws life health at sudden changes corporation.org and so i'm going to explain the things like the holocaust and also the things um that the bad things that happen in society okay and i would like to sort of give you a succinct explanation based off of um what i've learned in the word of god and what god has taught me and so what i've what i've learned was that um so what i've learned was that everything that happens um god allows certain things to happen is similar to the book of job so if you know the book of job um if god exists and he plans out everyone's fate how come people don't believe in him if he made them with the intention to believe in him okay so johnny god made us with the intention to have free will okay so he allowed us to have free will that uh, uh, that gives us the ability to have choice and so he didn't make us robotic so he doesn't force us to do anything so even if, you know, um, bad things are happening in this world, it doesn't mean that you're going to participate in those bad activities, right? So God gives us free choice. And with the free will that we have, you have the ability to choose God and do good, or you can choose evil and do bad. Um, but there's consequences to everything, which is why God says also to, you know, obey, obey the law of the land. So we should be obeying the law of the land. But um, to go back and revert to the question, the original question that someone raised was they wanted to know if um, God is real, what about why does he allow things like the Holocaust to take place? So I'm going to explain this based off of what I know in the book of Job. Okay. And, and then if you all have any other questions, go ahead and send the email. But this is going to be the like final question that I answer right now because I, I would like to sort of focus on the actual topic which is uh, women's health and um, entitlement and so if you look at the book of Job so God gives us free choice and this free choice that we have we're not robotic so God didn't make you to force you to love him or choose him right God created everything in a way where you have the option to voluntarily to voluntarily be obedient or to voluntarily be disobedient either way there's 
there's either advantages to your decisions or there are disadvantages now in a free society we live in a society where there's rules in place for a reason so god says also in the word that we should also just obey the law of the land we should be obeying the laws of the land so if you are sort of like an anarch or you feel that you know you can do things outside of that scope god created rules for us for us to have discipline. So this without discipline, you'll learn that life is not sustainable without discipline. Life is sustainable when you have discipline and order. Okay. So without order, there is chaos. There is probably every other type of act. And so when you think about um, God allowing things such as the Holocaust and, you know, slavery, for instance, I would like to first talk about this and compare it to Job. So Job was a perfect man in God's sight. So perfect in in the um, perfect in Hebrew is the word Tam, which means to be mature in nature and in thought. So in God's sight, that means that Job was perfect because the Bible is written out of the Dead Sea Scrolls, which is out of the the old testament and the new testament okay and so the old testament consists of the hebrew scrolls and the new testament consists of the greek right and so we call that combination the entire bible together the dead sea scrolls and so if we're going to analyze or interpret any of god's word we need to be able to look at it from either the hebrew scrolls or the greek okay and so since we're looking at the word perfect in the book of job is in the old testament and please let me know if I'm speaking too fast. Sometimes I do kind of speak a little bit at a, a fast rhythm. Um, so the book of Job is in the Old Testament. So we're going to look at the word perfect from that perspective. And so the word perfect in Hebrew is Tam, which is Strong's number 8542. That means to be mature in nature and in thought. And so God saw Job perfect right and uh, what happened was the devil was going outside the gates of heaven and he was bargaining with god over job so basically like okay well job is perfect to you he's mature to you because you've blessed him with everything but as soon as you take those things away job is going to curse you to your face like he's saying the devil is now, now Matthew, this is very uh this is a very interesting story because Job is going outside the devil is going outside the gates of heaven. He went outside the gates of heaven. There were other angels that were going out going talking to God too. So the devil does communicate with God outside of the gates of heaven, right? It doesn't never say that it like it stopped at Job, right? And so uh, we see that Job was basically he was scrutinized and prosecuted basically from the, the devil. He's the the devil was going outside the gates of heaven, bargaining with God over Job's soul. He's like, OK, look, you know, let me take this from Job and Job is going to curse you. If you take that away from Job, he's going to curse you to your face. He isn't going to praise you. He isn't going to acknowledge you. He isn't going to do anything. Basically, he's saying the reason why you feel that Job is mature is because you bless him and give him everything. But if you take away those things, if you take them away, he will curse you. And, you know, basically. 
So what happened was Joe and I see a lot of comments coming in, but like I said, if you all have any, if if y'all have you have any other questions, send me an email. All right. But um basically what happened with to conclude, Joe was he lost everything that he had. All of his land, um, all of his animals died, all of his children died. All of everything, his house, everything that he had, and then he began to get boils on his body. But right when he was getting these messages from messengers, right, he fell down when he first heard all of these things that took place. They happened back to back to back to back. And so Joe fell down. He shaved his head. Then, no, he, he shaved his head and then he fell down and he praised God. And so you see that this maturity level was Job knew what was he kind of knew that God couldn't do anything bad. God cannot. God does not want to harm his children. Right. He doesn't want to have to harm his children. So God allows the enemy, which is the devil, to do certain things because it is really about your response to certain things in life. So if you go through certain situations, whether or not you're losing your job, you're losing a loved one, you're losing your house, you're losing your in your marriage, um, you're getting a divorce, whatever it may be, you have to understand that when we compare your life to Job, right? For instance, Job's wife. Now, Job was the richest man during this time. He was wealthy. He was very prosperous. Okay, he had everything. And his wife was reaping those benefits as well. But as soon as he lost everything, she said, why don't you curse God and die? And so the thing about this is that, see, you don't know that although Job endured all of those things that he went through, if he had not went through those things, he would not have known what was truly in his wife's heart. And so his wife said, why don't you curse God and die? And so the wife, you know, she just, she didn't care. We don't know how she was feeling on the inside. She lost everything too. Um, but because they're married, so they shared these things. And their kids passed away, you know, um, but she, she tells her husband, she says, why don't you just curse God and die? Curse God and die. So if he not, had not went through those situations, he would not have known that he was with a woman that would actually have the ability to curse God. So tonight, um, I'm glad that you all asked about that. So, um, yeah, so we can compare our real life situations to that, those things like Job. Okay. And so I'm going to say this one thing about the Holocaust. And I know that it's, it's probably not something that everyone wants to hear, but I'm going to say it because that is something that God had already told me about. So the Holocaust included a lot of victims um and and 
a lot of victims that were attacked by Germans, the Nazis. But I want to say that we have to also understand that God allows everything to happen for a reason. Now, when we think about these things and we say, okay, this is bad. This is bad. This is wrong. These are children. But we see so many times in the Bible that God really will punish some people. Okay. And I'm not saying that he was punishing these specific Jews. What I am saying here is that it says in the word. And, and so let me go into the word. Let me share my screen. It says here in the word that the, um, let, let me get to this scripture here. Hold on one second. Okay, so this is this is um actually it's three different it's three different um sees So we look at Luke, this is in, I think this is Luke 20 and 47. That's what it is. Okay. Mm, I don't know if they... Mm. Hold on one second. Thank you all so much for your patience, too. I really do appreciate it so much. I do. Um, I didn't know that I was going to get these questions today. So I'm trying to answer them for everybody. So, um, okay, here we go. So I'm just going to use this. So let me go ahead and pull this up. So there is a couple scriptures that is surrounding this issue. All right, let me just go to it. All right. Okay, so let's start at Matthew 23 and 14. And so when we think about the Jews, we, we need to be thinking about also um, the descendants of Jews and also how when God, when God, um, when God punishes, when God punishes some people, okay, 
So, but before I do that, I don't want to read the Matthew 23 yet. Let's look at um, Ephesians 6 and 4. Wait, no, no, no. Um, this, yes, five, Ephesians 6 and 4. This is about cursing children, right? And, and the certain scriptures that's in the Bible where it talks about these things. So Ephesians 6 and 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So what this means is that when when fathers are provoking their children to anger, what that means is that they will not be in the instruction of the Lord. So if you're if when you have children, they are supposed to, you know, have the discipline of God, right? And so we see that God really focuses and place a lot of emphasis on on um on children and relatives and stuff. So I wanted to talk about specifically where um here I think it was it's a scripture where it talks about um hold on let me pull this up. This is 18 and 20. 18 and 20. Um, okay, so they here. Use it was this one. Let's see. I think it's um Jeremiah one. And then we go to Okay, so let me just let me just say this. All right, I want to make sure that I make this clear. So some people's future are very auspicious, right? And so the auspicious is basically a positive future. Um, but the the main thing is that some people are not because they are under a curse. And so when 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 people are under a, a curse, you have the children of Satan under a curse. Here we go. This is John A forty four. It says, "You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires." 
He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And so what this means is there are people in this world that are children of Satan. So just because they claim that they are not, they really are. Okay. Um, when we look at Revelation 3, let's go to Revelation 3 and 9. Revelation 3 and verse 9. It says, let's see, I think it's this one. Um, it says, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which, which say they are Jews and are not but do lie behold i will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that i have loved thee so i we have to look at this verse okay it's so important to analyze this because when you look at revelation 3 and verse 9 let's look at the niv version it says i will make those who are of the synagogue of satan who claim to be jews Though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. And so this is something that is the prophesy. This is prophetic for in the last days. But I want to say specifically the other day I talked about the um, the segment on Israel. And so there were Orthodox Jewish people that are preventing. They are literally preventing God's children from proselytizing so proselytizing is converting people over to christianity and so if you have these people that are not allowing they are not allowing god's children to be converted they are not it so just go ahead and look at my um breaking news special segment on israel and you'll be able to see exactly what i'm talking about there um it, it says october 9th uh, I believe 2023. So you'll see that there and then you will be able to understand in more detail about the some of the things that was taking place in Israel. But to turn back to the Holocaust, I wanted to point out that, you know, um, we don't know exactly why things like the Holocaust take place. But what we do know is that when God allows certain things to take place, it's for a reason. And so God's glory will be exemplified in every, sing every single situation. And so we see that in the book of Job. We see that in so many situations. For instance, we see how Saul, when Saul was disobedient to God, and he went and summoned Samuel in the Bible. He went and summoned him. He dressed up in a, like, like hiding his attire and went and searched for a magician, a sorcerer, lady to summon samuel from the dead that wasn't the right thing to do and, and and then samuel and his sons died after that because see god had left samuel and the reason why is because he wasn't being obedient and so we see here i want to go to a couple scriptures that talks about this here okay so you go to matthew 24 uh i'm sorry matthew 13 and verse 14 it says and them is fulfilled the prophecy of isaiah you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. 
They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I will heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. And so, um, so what this means is that, you know, like there are people that are not going to be able to understand the word of God. And the reason why is because you have to understand that the religious Pharisees, they did have descendants. They did have children. They had offsprings. All right. And so when you think this is how the world multiplies, the world multiplied. So Jewish people, they did not stop reproducing. Okay. They still reproduced. So you have to understand like now we see this, we see this callousness happening in Israel right now where we have the Orthodox Jews that are preventing Palestinian Christians from, you know, believing in the word of God. That is something that is a major concern. And yet, see, I don't just go by what I hear. I read and I study these things. Okay. And so this has been going on for the past two years now where the Orthodox Jews have presented a bill, but I'm not going to talk about that during this podcast. I've already, I think I've explained enough. Um, please go ahead and just look at the segment on Israel, but you'll see, um, when it, when my perspective about the Holocaust is, you know, I believe that God allowed it to happen for a reason. Now, what is God trying to teach the victims of the Holocaust that, that will be on an individual basis. You know, God allows us to learn from every single experience in every single situation. And so, um, we have to think about you know, our decisions, you know, like when we're going through experiences, do you have it in your heart to still love God, to still serve him and to still, you know, praise and worship him despite your situations and adversities. And so I believe that God allows certain things to happen like the way that he did with Job. And, and, and so Job experienced all of those different things that really contributed to a, like really bitterness i can tell like throughout reading the book of job that job was bitter yes he did he was very bitter and so sometimes our experiences can allow us to be bitter on the inside but that doesn't mean that you have to stay bitter right that doesn't mean that you don't you you have to ponder on your situation in a way where you don't have auspicious uh future you want to have a great positive future and in order to be able to have that you have to know how your relationship and your reaction to the things that god allows to happen into your life so um when i think about the holocaust i do think about the book of job it is directly to me is directly related and how um job experiences correlated similarly to a lot of the experiences that happened to the people in the holocaust many you know um joe like physically lost his children and everything was happening to him it was because you know satan was going outside the gates of having bargaining with god over joe and so when you think about that bargain 
you know, you have to think about your reaction. Your reaction is the is the cost that it will pay. Do you still serve God? Do you still believe in him? Or do you fulfill what this prophetic word says in Revelation 3 and 9, where it says, I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars. So, you know, there are Jews that are liars that apparently the this is what is going to happen. And so we have to think about the experiences that we allow to basically shape our perspective in the, in the way that we feel about life, okay? And so, for instance, when I think about Africans and how uh, slavery is taking place, I also look at the book of Job. And I know that it's kind of a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. But when I think about, you know, God and I think about the glory of God and how God is so magnificent and God is so fascinating. And the first thing that it says, the first thing that it says in Exodus, in Exodus 20, let's look at this Exodus 20. The first part of the 10 commandments is you shall have no other gods before me. This is in verse three. Okay, so this is what it says. And, and if you look at Exodus 21 through three and God spoke all of these words. That's what it says in the first verse. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And so God is saying you cannot have any other gods. And so we see in Egypt, like Cairo, Egypt, we see all of these, uh, you know, these um, tombs, these, all of this stuff that is built. And we see so many different gods. So when we think about the, 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 um, the so-called Ra God, their Ra God, it means evil actually. And, um, in in hebrew right so we see that that's what it means and so serving serving that god which is a um you know uh it's not the lord jesus christ it isn't the god of abraham isaac and jacob that is polytheism polytheism uh polistic polytheistic type of beliefs meaning that they believe in multiple gods and goddesses See, the Ra God, they believe that, you know, like Ra believes that he's superior, but it is a polytheistic type of belief system. And so when you think about all of these things that are taking place, it's always idolatry. And so when I think about slavery, I correlate slavery to idolatry, idolatry and the disobedience to God. I also correlate you know, some things with the religious Pharisees to Jews in Revelation 3 and 9. So what Jews are from the synagogue of Satan. If there is no Jew that claims that they are from the synagogue of Satan, the Bible clearly says that it is. So the Bible isn't in contradiction. The Bible isn't lying. The Bible is real. So, you know, like we have to reflect back on these things and understand that there are Jews that are from the synagogue of Satan. As we can see in Israel, back in March of this year, the Orthodox Jews were was disallowing anybody to, they're basically trying to implement a bill to stop Christians from converting over to Christianity. 
So I, the, the best explanation that I can give is this. I correlate based upon the word of God and what the word of God is saying that, you know, Exodus and Exodus, Exodus here, it clearly says, and see every single time I, um, hold on a second, please. I'm trying to make sure that, um, hold on. It's like every single time this computer, my computer is kind of messing up a little bit. But it's okay. So I want to just say that, you know, we have to understand that the Bible is true. Let God be true and every man a liar. So we need to be accepting of what the Bible says. It doesn't matter about your personal beliefs. It's never about your personal feelings. It's never about any of that. It's about what the truth is. There is facts versus opinion that's dogmatism we don't i don't want to have to combat that because i believe the word of god is true and i believe everything that the bible says is true everything in the old testament including everything in the new testament so i don't have any discrepancies or any type of challenges when it comes to the word of god so when it comes to the holocaust and slavery the slavery of african americans Okay, I correlated to the Bible. And what the Bible says is very specific. I look at first the book of Revelation 3 and 9 and how there will be Jews from the synagogue of Satan. So there are some Jews that are from the synagogue of Satan. And so who are they? I do not know. But God knows. And so God has given us his word to reveal it to us. But one thing that I do know is anytime someone is challenging Christianity in a way where you're saying that Christians cannot be Christians or people cannot believe in God, these are all evil acts of Satan. So if you are an Orthodox Jew, that is preventing people from proselytizing and you're in israel which is the holy land of god and i talked about on the previous podcast about how long solomon took to build the temple it took many many years to solomon took about 20 years altogether to to build the temple of god and also to build his house i think he took uh 14 years to build the temple of God and seven years to build his house. So this isn't a discrepancy. We have to understand that when you, we are disobedient to God, God will chastise us. There is a lot of idolatry in Africa. In Egypt. In these other places where our roots are clearly apparent the where we are from. So that's just simple as that. It's no debate about it. Okay. It's no back and forth. Oh, slavery. Slave. Well, yes, there is a difference between there's a difference between um 
uh, when I, I talked about this too on, uh, I believe it was the case for reparations. And um, no, I it, it wasn't the case for reparations. I think it was a different podcast. I think it was, I don't remember specifically. You have to look through. Um, but I talked about the differences of slavery. So there, there was a volunteer slavery in the Bible. And there is forced slavery with the African-Americans. So there's a difference between volunteer slavery and forced slavery. The Bible talks about volunteer slavery, where people would have slavery as a debt, like they owe somebody something, okay? Or they wanted to be a slave to you, like, I want to work for you forever. Like, okay, that was that type of slavery. It was debt slavery versus involuntary slavery of african-americans but when i think about all of, when you think about all of this and when you get the discernment from god it clearly tells you that exodus exodus 20 okay third verse you shall have no other gods before me so if you're from egypt and you're worshiping other gods god is saying you shall have no other gods before me okay so you're in africa like things happen when people are disobedient, we see this several, this is not anything that any person can dispute. Okay. So God continues to chase your heart, chase after you with his love. Cause God does chase after us with his love. And, but the, the main thing that we see here is that, <coughs> excuse me, people, are raising their children 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 to also believe in these idols god says do not have any other god before me so you have generations of generations upon generations and generations of idolatry in egypt and zimbabwe and nigeria and and uh you you have it all around in in the, on the african continent so some parts of Africa, I believe, is on the Asian continent, but you know that's neither here nor there. I'm not talking the, the geographical location. Actually, really doesn't matter at all. What really matters is the fact that people are worshiping other gods, and so I want to talk about specifically, you know, about the Jews, the religious Pharisees. So we see here. Let's go to here. I want to go to um let's go here to uh let us see i think it was this one here we go here we go right here this is um luke chapter 20 let's look at luke chapter 20 and verse 45 it says while all the people were listening jesus said to his disciples beware of the teachers of the law they like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplace and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at the banquets. They devour widows' houses and forth a show, make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. So let me explain this. this the Bible was written before the Holocaust, all right? And so we have to also understand that the Jews are also raising their children from generation to generation to generation. And they are also teaching people from generation to generation to generation 
just like the Africans are what teaching their children how to worship other gods from generation and generation and generation. It doesn't stop just because of your race. When God says not to do something and they do it, what does God do? We see that God punished Pharaoh for going after the Jews. See, he punched him very severely too. But now we see here the religious family. So there, it, it, this is something that is anticipating to take place, something that will take place in the future. Like it's not taking because of the language that is being used. If you look at the etymology of this language, right, we see it says these men will be punished. These men will be punished most severely. So it's like, wait a minute, most severely. So that means so let's 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 dive deep deeper into this and i i did not know that i was going to be talking about this today but i guess god is leading me in this discussion so um let's look at the king james bible because we're gonna we have to in order to understand the strong concordance so let me explain the strong concordance so the strong concordance it basically translate the hebrew and the greek Remember, I said at the beginning that the Bible is called the Dead Sea Scrolls and it's comprised of the book of, um, I'm sorry, it's written in the book of Hebrew in the Old Testament and in Greek in the New Testament. So in order for us to analyze the word of God in the way it closely resonates with the Hebrew and the Greek. I've been talking for an hour about this. I didn't know. Okay, so let's see. So we're going to look at, um, let's go back to Luke, Luke chapter 20. And we're going to look at this last verse. It says in verse 47, which devour widows' houses and for a shoe make long prayers the same shall receive greater damnation. So we're going to look at this word greater damnation. And so we're talking about, we're still talking about the Jews, the religious Pharisees, the teachers of the law. Okay. And so we see in Luke 20, right? It doesn't give us, see now, th this is so interesting to me because I really enjoy looking at the Strong's Concordance. But when it comes to certain words, it's like, okay, why haven't you fully translated this, right? You translate everything else. But when it comes to translating the greater damnation that is going to happen to Jews, there is no word for it. So let me go and see if that I can dive deeper into this word search, okay? So but with this being in the um, book of uh, Luke, this is in the New Testament, which is going to be written in Greek. So we're going to look at the 
is war and this war or let's see okay so you scribe great length okay condemnation here we go it says um condemnation here so they're using the word condemnation instead of damnation so it means um crema crema it that's the word that is pronounced it's strong's number 2917 let's look at this word it's called crema k-r-i-m-a that's the pronunciation it means you judge ye judge which for judgment you judge you will be judged that's what it means um let's look at c it says also wait wait let's look at luke let me go to luke
shopping, God's children. and God and see God gives you peace of mind too so I want to um look at John let's look at John 8 and 44 so when we look at Luke and um Luke 20 and, and 47 we see that the punishment for the religious Pharisees the teachers of the law are gonna be very severe it's gonna be condemnation like abundant judgment against them abundant judgment and so um we look at john 8 44 that judgment you can clearly tell that if they from the synagogue of satan this scripture john 8 44 will apply to them so it says you belong to your father the devil and you want to carry out your father's desires he was a murderer from the beginning not holding on to the truth for there is no truth in him when he lies he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies so we see anybody from the synagogue of Satan that is claiming to be a Jew is really from the devil. So this scripture applies to all of the, the children of the devil. That's just simple as that. And so God doesn't care if you slave or free or if you Jew or Gentile, if you African, Asian, Belizean, Jamaican, or it doesn't matter. God does not care if you European, uh, whatever race you are, it doesn't matter because if you believe in God and you serve God, then you receive salvation. So that means that the Jews, see what God was showing me was that the real Jews that belong to God are really the children that believe in him. Those children are like really, um, those are the children that have, um, those are the children that have multiplied the land. So when we think about all of the Jews that come from Abraham and the 12 tribes of Israel, the people that really, really believe in God have been scattered out. So it don't matter about the, it does not matter about the race. The mat, what matters is, is the salvation that you receive from Jesus Christ. And so that's what's important. We don't have to get caught up into the logistics of everything. I don't do that. So let me explain to you the way I believe in God. 
when God says something, I'm, I'm believing what he's saying to be true. So let me give you an example. What I was going to talk about tonight, I wasn't really going to talk that much about entitlement. I did want to touch a few notes on entitlement. But I really, I have this scripture up right here. <laughs> it's so interesting. I have several different scriptures up in Matthew um, chapter 4. Because I was going to talk about Jesus being tempted in the desert. And so I might as well get into this right now. So I have several scriptures up. Matthew chapter 4. I also have Deuteronomy 8 and 3. I have Psalm 91 and 11. Psalm 91 and 12. I have Deuteronomy 6 and 16. Also Deuteronomy 6 and 13. And so I wanted to talk about how when you are offered something. It doesn't mean, so I'm going to, um, let me, let me shift focus for a bit. Okay. So I know I've been talking about the Holocaust and slavery and stuff like that, but I want to shift focus. If you all have anything that you would like to contribute to that conversation, put it in the, put it in the chat, send me an email. Okay. We can talk about it. You can be a panelist if you want to talk about these type of things. All right. Um, because I just want to make sure that everybody understands what God is really saying here, like I do have revelation and God is giving me interpretation and I really appreciate the blessings that God has given me. I feel like uh, the, like with his blood, when you plead the blood over yourself, the blood of Jesus just, it resonates in your body. Like it resonates in your mind. Your, your whole mind gets transformed when you believe in God. I'm telling you, like your comprehension is different. The way you perceive things is different. When people are speaking to you, you are like, it's your life is different when you walking with God inside of you, when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, leading you, your life isn't the same. So I can tell you that right now. Okay. So, and yes, you're going to make mistakes. You're not exempt. Okay, you are a human being. So whenever you hear a person say, oh, well, see, I thought that you, you a Christian. Why, why are you getting mad? We, we are human beings. And that, that doesn't mean that we default to being human. It simply means that when we make a mistake, we're mature enough. That means we're perfect enough in the eyes of maturity and in the eyes of God to know that when we make a mistake, we go on to the throne of grace. And so we're going to include God in our life every day, not sometimes, every day, most of the day, throughout the day. Not for like two or three minutes in the prayer. We including God all day in our life, every day. God, I messed up. I did get an attitude. Yes, I did. But God, see, you showed this to me. What is it that you're trying to get me to see in this situation, God? What are you trying to teach me in this situation, Lord? So it's about learning. Like I said, I had a conversation with somebody today. And I was like, you know, learners, people that learn are the ones that's changing. The, God is using them to change the world. If you have not noticed... I did not say not one time anything about school. I didn't. But the important thing is, is that school is a place of a learning environment where you can go and learn. So when, when you think about 
the way the world is. God uses people that learn. God uses people that learn from their mistakes. God uses people that he could, he could utilize for his glory. Once you went through the experience, what did you learn from it? What's your testimony from it? So the people who God is using are the people that are learners. So when you, when you, you so smart where you stuck in your ways and you know everything in the world, you can't be taught anything. The thing about it is. Hold on a second. Okay, thank you all so much for holding. I just had to make sure. Um, because I noticed that when people are calling my phone, that it messes with my podcast. But for some reason, when I have my podcast on my laptop, it echoes, and I don't really know how to get that figured out. So I have to talk on the podcast on the cell phone and then do the zoom on my laptop. So I apologize about that. I don't want to have any disruption in the audio via the pod main because uh, Spotify doesn't allow you to put videos when you're um, posting the podcast. So it's just a lot of logistics attached to that, but that's okay. That's neither here nor there. So what I wanted to say specifically is that we as children of God, we have to Learn from our experience in a way where God can use us. You can't be afraid to really speak about God. When God tells you to say something, do it. When God tells you to act on it, do act on it. And so like I like I was saying with the Holocaust and slavery. We see that the Jews are what? They will be punished severely. We also see that many of them will be from the synagogue of Satan in Revelation 3 and 9. We also see that Exodus 20, God said, do not have any other God before me. We see that that was happening a lot in Africa, in Egypt. And in, in Nigeria. Right? And in, in Dakar, Senegal. We, we, the Senegal, we see all of these like around the world. Idolatry. So I want to look here because I had somebody. So I got a, um, I actually got an email today for a job and it was paying between a hundred dollars and a hundred and fifty dollars an hour. And it's worth basically for like a fortune 500 company and so i said that you know i i don't want that i don't want to move to where this job is located okay because god already has a plan and god already has a purpose for me okay and so i was sitting here talking to my friend about this and they were like, well, God blesses you with something 
Don't question. God put this on my heart to talk about this tonight. All right. And I'm, I'm going to completely change like topics into this is, this is definitely women's health. And I'm sorry that I deviated from the topic, but they had, it was so many questions. People asked me, look at all these questions up in here do, about God. That was just like, you know, a group of people that just wanted to come in the room and ask me all of these questions at once. Were they all, did they all know each other? I don't know. I'm not jumping to the conclusions. I don't make assumptions, but I felt that I needed to explain the Holocaust as well as explain slavery. Since I did just recently talk about it on a segment about Israel. But what God really put on my heart to talk about tonight is when you receive a blessing, just because somebody offers you an increase does that equate to a blessing so if somebody offer you something you think that just because they offering you something that is a blessing everything that is offered to you is not a blessing from god i'm gonna say that again everything that is being offered to you is not a blessing from God. So I'm going to say it one more time. It's the last time. I'm going to say it. Just because someone offers you something does not mean that it is a blessing from God. So I want to talk about Jesus being tempted in the desert. Okay, this is important. So let's go to the Bible and you go to Matthew chapter four. And this is, I was so excited to see this because when I looked at, um, so I did my, I did a previous podcast, I would say about, I think I did it last year sometime. And I talked about Jesus being tempted in the desert. And so they did not have these scriptures up there. They didn't have like uh, Deuteronomy. They didn't have these up there. And so I had, um, I posted on my blog, the things that Jesus was saying came out of the book of Deuteronomy. And so now I'm finally seeing on Bible Gateway that they added the scriptures right next to it. And so this is very good because a lot of people did not know that when Jesus was being tempted in the desert, he was quoting other scriptures. He was quoting things from the Old Testament. Okay. So let's look here. And so that's why I have these other scriptures up that I wanted to reflect. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert. This is in Matthew chapter 4. There the devil tempted him. So after 40 days and 40 nights of going without eating, Jesus was hungry. So 40 days and 40 nights of going without eating, Jesus was hungry. What this means is that it takes 40 days to break a habit. 40 days to create a habit. Because guess what? It took 40 days for Jesus to get hungry. 
So he endured 40 days before he became hungry. So if you want to stop something, you want to fast. If you try to like, I know that fasting really works. Okay. So I actually would like to go on a 40 day fast. I would, I, I want to go on a 40 day fast, but, um, it was difficult trying it. So I haven't done it yet, but I want to talk about this. So 40 days and 40 nights of going without eating. So Jesus was able to go without eating for 40 days. That means that you can conquer whatever habits that you have. And so I'm going to break this scripture down. Okay. Um, with Jesus being tempted in the desert. So guess what? Just because you have the desire to have certain things doesn't mean that you can't conquer it. I am a living testimony that I don't smoke. Okay. And I used to smoke and I don't smoke no more. I used to drink alcohol. I don't drink anymore. All right. And so those things there, it were addiction. So we see that after 40 days and 40 nights, Without eating, Jesus became hungry. This tells us that you have the ability to sustain for at least 40 days. 40 days. You should go without with 40 days. 40 days and 40 nights. Challenge yourself. So let's let's continue in verse 3. The tempter came to him. He said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. So let me, let's say this. See, this is, this is everything about this here is you think you have to think that just because someone offer you something, is it a blessing? Absolutely not. Because guess what? The weakness was Jesus was hungry. The devil is the tempter, the devil, because we call the devil the tempter, because that's what the verse says in, 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 in that V version. He's the tempter. The tempter came to him and said, well, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. So that's, let me explain this. If you listen to the tempter, you get cursed. We see that happen with Eve. She said, well, he, the, the, the snake said, well, did God really say that you should not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Did God really say that? You know, so like the tempter came to him. Now, now. Telling him, look, turn these stones into bread. See, because this is a this is a way to say, look, you're God. Don't you want to use your power for yourself? See, because God, Jesus, when it came to his flesh. He did not use any of his godly power to 
to defend himself in any type of way. Once he received the Holy Spirit, it was just him and the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist baptized Jesus. The Holy Spirit descended on uh, Jesus. That was a flesh. His body flesh. The Spirit descended into his flesh, his body. So the flesh is something that we live in because we see in Genesis, God clothed us with skin because we are a living soul, a living spirit. So God clothed us with, with skin. So Jesus, Jesus clothed with skin and now he's receiving the spirit of God. So he, he has the, the spirit of God. He should not, he's not able, he can use his power now, but he doesn't. So the end of the devil is tempting him and saying, the devil is tempting him and saying, look, turn these stones into bread. So Jesus answered, it is written, man must not live only on bread. He must also live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is in Deuteronomy 8 and 3. So let's look at Deuteronomy 8 and 3. He took your pride away. He let you go hungry. No, oh, wait, wait. Let me, let me go back to the NIV version because that's a different version I'm looking at. Okay. So uh, it says in Deuteronomy 8 and 3, he humbled you, causing you to go hungry and then feeding you with manna which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So what God is saying here is that, see, when the Israel, the, the Israelites were in the desert, they, they could have made it to the promised land in like 11 days or something like that. 10 or 11 days. Instead of them making it to the promised land in 10 or 11 days, it took them 40 years. 40 years. 40 years. They were like doubting God and doing too much. They were making idols, building stuff, being disobedient, you know, not appreciating what God was giving them or anything like that. They were just not appreciating nothing. And so God allowed manna to fall from the sky and was feeding them manna. So they was hungry, but God still fed them manna to let them know, like, look, it don't matter what your situation is. It don't matter if you hungry, don't have food. God loves you so much that he will have food fall out the sky for you. God loves you so much that he will cause a miracle to take place in your life. God loves you so much that he'll turn every situation around that the enemy intended for bad and turn it around for good. That's what he's saying. Look, you must not live by bread. Just because you don't see no food don't mean it's not no food coming to you. Just because you don't you don't see that you have an auspicious positive future future doesn't mean that you don't. 
because your future is bright, okay? God has a plan, will, and purpose for you. So it doesn't matter about what it may look like on the outside. Don't you don't you can't live on that. You can't be stuck on, oh, without food, you die. That's not true. God will cause you to fall in the middle of a grocery store. You, I mean, you you just in the middle of this grocery store, all of this food is yours. Like everything. They say, huh, take whatever you want. You don't know. God will allow people to pour into your life. They will just come and just bring you food. Uh, you know, God put this on my heart to help you. You know, you might get the deposit in your bank account. You don't even know where it come from. You're like, oh, where, where did this come from? Thank you, God. So you just understand that that's what, the, that's what God is saying. Jesus is saying, look, it is written, man must not live on bread, but must live on every word that comes from the mouth of God, meaning that we got to trust God. It's not, oh, that job offered you $150 an hour when you turn it down. That job offered you $30 an hour when you turned it down. First of all, did God tell you to take it? Did God tell you to move there? Did God tell you to, to take that? Uh, first of all, look, let me tell you something. There are a lot of men in this world that are financially wealthy. A lot of women that are financially wealthy. There are a lot of people, right? And so when you think about that, it's like, okay, so you are marrying that person for financial stability. But you just, you're marrying the wrong person that God didn't tell you to marry. So you marrying somebody because of money. You marrying somebody because of the zip codes you could live in. That's how pathetic it sounds. So that is not something that you're supposed to be doing. God does not want us doing those type of things. So if we're like, and I'm not, I don't think I'm not trying to be harsh. What I'm trying to be is very, very clear about what God wants and expects from us. We, just because we think something is okay, doesn't mean that it's okay with God. We're making people out here. We make some. We sometimes we make decisions, and we don't even include God in our choice or decision. And then, like years later, it's like, oh God, why you let me go through that? Why did this happen? He cheated. He had a baby.
just because you got the nice car or just because you got the the the, the person who you think you should have been with what you thought you did just because you have all of these things that don't mean that it came from the glory of god that don't mean you blessed by god because you get increased that don't mean that it's a blessing from the lord the devil was offering jesus this the whole world the whole world see he knew he in the flesh he 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 first tried to tempt him and say look throw yourself down he want to see how strong his flesh is then he come back at his flesh again he's attacking his flesh again all three instances he's attacking the flesh Turn the stones into bread. Go ahead and eat. Right? Throw yourself down. The angel's going to catch you. Just bow down and worship. I give you everything. So all of this is an attack on the flesh. So whenever, whenever we see this, okay? And let's look at verse 11. And so it says, verse 10 it says jesus said to him get away from me satan it is written worship the lord your god he is the only one you should serve deuteronomy 6 and 13 worship the lord your god he is the only one you should serve when you make promises do so in his name that's the new international readers version so we see that and in verse 11, it says the devil left Jesus and angels came and took him. So, so the way he overcame the tempter, which was the devil, was through the word of God. I had somebody that I know, they say, well, they, they felt like it was some spirits in their house. And so they start cursing out the spirits, cursing them out, just cussing them out. Like get the, they using profanity to cuss out the demons. So I'm like, what? They don't, who told you that that would work? Who told you that? That's not what you do. The way you drive out Satan is with the word of God. This is what the Bible, God, Jesus, this is what he showed us to do. So the first thing that I see with Job did, what he do? Praise and worship God. That's one thing. Another thing, what Jesus do? He just starts speaking the word of God while he was starving. He just was speaking the word of God. He's starving now. He's 40, 40 days and 40 nights. He's hungry. Now, I don't know if he's fully starving. I'm going to take that word back, but he's hungry. So, you know, like we have to look at these things. He's tempted. A person like, look, come on, man. You know, come on now. Go ahead and take this job. You know you need the money. What you mean? That's Did God, I got to pray about that. I don't know. I don't think I should be moving over there. 
you know, so you have to confirm with God if that's something that's okay. See, like with my with, with me, I pray. And yes, I make mistakes all the time. All the time. When I make a mistake, I sit here and I, I talk to God. I say, God, you know, like, I really need your help, God. You know, I'm sitting up here, was thinking about the fornication. And I'm just like, oh, no, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I just now just remove yourself from the situation. If you feel like you're going to fornicate, don't put yourself in the environment where you are going to fornicate. So it's like, no, uh-uh, no, I'm not going to go around that person. Absolutely not. Stay away from me, and I'm going to stay away from you. See, it's about pleasing God. It isn't about pleasing the flesh for a couple minutes. No, I'm not about to do that, and then we got to go back and repent. And, you know, like, we, we just, no. So all I'm saying is we have to train ourselves in a way where we become disciplined in God's word. And yes, I may make a mistake in some of the things that I say. And if I do make a correction, tell me I messed up. Tell me where you would like to talk about this in more detail. I'm very open to discussion. But I can tell you one thing. I'm I'm strictly focused on the Bible. Okay? I I I'm I do not really focus on opinion. I'm not too um opinionated. Okay? I I do have an opinion, but I support it with the facts of the Bible. Because God is true and every man is a liar, even if that includes me. Cuz if I have to, if I mess up, I mess up and I need to go back to the throne God, forgive me for my sins. I messed up. Help me. I made the wrong decision. I took the wrong job. I moved to the wrong house. I should have been more. I should have listened to you more. You said that I shouldn't have moved there. I was gonna have some problems moving in that house. When I said looked around, I knew it was gonna be some problems. I still chose to move in the house. So all I'm saying is, you know, we have to think about the things that God wants us to do and we need to implement those things. So when, when, when we see the characters in the Bible, we can learn from these things. Everything that you need to know is in the Bible and you 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 have to believe it all. It's no picking shoes. Like I can't pick and choose. Like oh, okay, well I like all the scriptures except when it talks about be submissive. See that's what I'm saying. You being raised a certain type of way, and now guess what? You don't know what submission is. See, I don't want to. I don't want to marry a man that is not. You know, like the that Christ is not his head. You Christ had to be the head of your life. I don't want to be bothered, really. I really don't have time for it anyway. So it's like, yes. So God says that man is not good for man should to be alone. But I know I don't want to make a mistake 
and 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 then the husband is not the right husband for me because i'm a helpmate i'm very very submissive and i'm going to listen so like I, i'm going to listen to the man that is a uh being led by god somebody that's being led by god i don't need you leading me to a homeless shelter I don't need you leading me down the path to a food pantry. I don't want to be led to going to live in somebody else's house. I don't want to be led to sharing a car with somebody. I want to have my own. So that's, that's what I mean. Okay. So, you know, like, it's about having authority. And no, I don't want to be with a man just because of his money. You have to have context. I've, I've figured out some, some of those men, they really don't have the context. The context of, of things that they're not putting it into perspective. It's just about the money, the money, the money, the money. Wait a minute. Enjoy life. When do you want to enjoy it a little bit? Like, let's do some praise and worship. Let's go out to eat. You know, and I know I'm a really focused woman as well. But, like, focused people is just like, uh, wait, I don't, I don't think that that's a great combination. I don't know. Then we need to be focused on God. And then God will intertwine everything that needs to be done in our life. So, let me go ahead and, um. And let me close for tonight. I just want to let you all know. So I have all of these questions about the Holocaust and God and, you know, different things like that. So I just want to provide some hope today. Let me let me just reshift and talk about the hope of God. So there has been times in my life. Where I got on my knees and I just prayed and I cried and screamed out to God. And when I've done that, it was like, God, I'm like, God, do you hear me? You know, because I wanted, I want God to hear me. It's like, God, my heart, my heart was hurting me a long time because i it was so many people that i knew that was just passing away it was so hard to deal with that it's like the the love and the memories that you have for people and it's like they not there for you to call it's like ah my friends like passing away that hurt my heart it hurt it so bad it just it just hurt it hurt it hurt and being from chicago it's like when people pass away, that's something that's normal to everybody. It's like a funeral every week, you know? And it's like, this isn't normal. This is not normal. And it's, it's quite painful. But I want to let you know that when you're going through pain and you, and you have, and you have heartache, Whatever it is you're going through in your life, if you cry out to God and you talk to God, he will be your comforter. 
God will speak to your heart. He will speak into your life and God will not abandon you. He will lead you exactly to where you need to go. God will tell you, look, this is where I want you to go. I want you to get up. God will guide each part of your step and in your life. Quit making decisions without asking God first. I ask God every single thing. And God leads me. He guides me. He protects me. He comforts me. He loves me. He chases me with his love. And so that's what I mean. If you want to experience the fullness of God, you have to give God the opportunity to be in your life. And although we, nobody may not have all of the answers in the world, but guess what? Your reaction and your response to what the things you're going through in life determines the relationship that you will have with God. So your experience, think about Job. Don't forget what happened to Job because Job, some of those things could be the same things that could be happening to you. But how are you responding to these things? You know, God wants you to respond in a way where you're going to be put as an overcomer. Because you're not living a life that's defeated. You're not defeated. But if you believe that you're defeated, then you're going to be defeated. If I see you as being great, and judicious if i see you as as being a you know a wonderful person but you don't see yourself as being great you don't see yourself as being a good person you don't see yourself as being wonderful what good is it it's meaningless i was sitting back thinking today so i have linkedin and I was making some corrections on my LinkedIn. I haven't made no corrections on LinkedIn since my last job. I really don't do no updates on LinkedIn at all. Unless somebody is contacting me through email and I may update something on LinkedIn. I have thought about all of the people that I've helped and worked with. I did not get no recommendations from anybody. That was a mistake. But everybody don't have LinkedIn anyway. And it's not like I, I meet people like, can you fill out a recommendation for me? But now what God has shown me was that because I went to this webinar. And on the webinar, um, so this I, I forget his name. Let me let me see if I could pull up the information. Uh, hold on a second. I still have a couple minutes left here. So I went to a webinar with um Damon Pastuka, Damon Pastuka, he was talking, they were talking about um, just the resumes and getting jobs and stuff like that. And so it was this guy, um, his name is, because uh, I just became friends with him too. His name is, um, what's his name here? Oh, I sent him a message. See. Um. Where's the message? I, I know it was Alto something. It was uh I'm trying I was trying to find him. This guy he has basically um 
trying to see his name. Let me go here. So David Pistuga, he he was talking a lot about um he's always having these like sort of live webinars. And so I attended the webinar and I thought it was really a nice webinar too. Um he had I'm trying to find okay, here we go. David Alto. So David Alto, he is a um he's the founder of Alto Advanced LLC. And he's also a job coach. And so he basically like share job search strategies to help you land your dream job faster. Um, he is my friend on LinkedIn. If you want to type his name in, he has about over, he has over a hundred thousand followers. And so I thought it was just so interesting the way that he describes, you know, like um being reintegrated back into the job um market and and just like resume writing and stuff. It was so fascinating and, and his story, you know, our stories connect us to people. And so his story was like, this not this was not something that he thought that he was even going to be doing for a living. He does resumes for people and he lands people jobs and he has over 450 different recommendations. So I'm sitting here and I'm listening to this and I'm like, wow. I should have been getting recommendations that whole time. All of the people that I worked with, I worked with so many different people, right? And so I'm like, okay, I should just go back and send out recommendations. But I don't feel like I don't have time to do that. I'm not going to even make time to do that. But I'm just going forward. I know that maybe I, I can contact my old managers and see if they can do a recommendation and stuff. But going forward, I just wanted to say that we live and we learn. So I, I knew how to decorate the LinkedIn, but I'm not getting recommendations. I don't even, I just make posts and read stuff and go attend webinars and read the Bible, okay? I'm not really trying to, I don't do too much heavy marketing. <laughs> I've never have. I mean, I know how to do a competitive market analysis and forecast and do that type of stuff, but that's not something that interests me unless I'm going to do a social marketing campaign for myself and for my organization, right? Um, my business organization. But I wanted to say specifically that we live and we learn. And the things that you learn is just because something is offered to you doesn't mean that it's a blessing from God. Take the things that that you that you experience in life and allow God to reshape your thinking and your mind and your heart and your soul. Because mistakes are inevitable. You are human in a, a fleshly body. Okay. And so it's important to know that God loves you and he will redirect you. So we just have to authorize God the authority to lead us in his paths of righteousness so let me go ahead and pray okay so father god we come boldly before your throne of grace we thank you so much for giving us your word we ask that you please allow your will to be done in our life not our will or anyone else but your will in jesus name it is still in your atonement blood amen thank you all so much for joining me i will see you all on sunday you have a good night